Podtacular, the unofficial Halo Universe podcast presents episode 825, A New Dawn, recorded live on June 9th, 2022. everyone, welcome to Podtackler, the unofficial Halo Universe podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Duststorm. I'm your other co-host, Godzilla T. And we are still hostless, although uh, he should be coming back pretty soon after the move. I think he's moving this weekend, not last weekend. But yeah, Haas should be coming back soon, so that should be fun. Cool. We've also got our Podtackler update. We've got very few things to talk about tonight, but... We will have an interview with the person behind Halo 3 Sunrise, which is the mod project to bring Halo 3 matchmaking on 360 back. So I'm having an interview with that person uh, this weekend, and it'll be smashed into this episode, so it'll be a nice one long episode. Uh, a lot more of a normal size episode for this one once we add that interview in here. But to kick things off as we normally do... A little bit of a Pottacular community update for the past couple of weeks now, since it's actually been a couple of weeks since we were on the microphone. So, GT, Dragon Fridays, how we did the last couple of weeks? Doing pretty good. Uh, we've been sticking with Infinite for the past couple of weeks. It's what the community votes for. Although I do see yeah. a lot of people voting. Yeah, I do see people voting for MCC and Halo 5 still. If we go too long a stretch on Infinite, I may just make a executive decision and pick a different game. Give someone the bingo entry. <laughs> Very nice. I'll have to make yeah. sure that's the night nobody's playing bingo. <laughs> so they can't Every- get it. Yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while, the community surprises us with doing a, uh, I think Halo 5's been the, the recent preferred alternative to Infinite. We haven't gotten a lot of MCC lately that I can recall. No, we've had we've had uh, MCC nights. MCC okay. and five are they're probably tied or close to it. Okay. Infinite's the hot new game, so yeah. Yeah, of course. Makes sense. Uh as for achieving Halo, I'm starting to realize that my weekday schedules are not nearly as rigid as my weekend schedules are, so we haven't had achieving Halo over the past couple of weeks because uh Things happen during the week that don't happen on the weekend. Trying to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. So, haven't had Achieving Halo over the past couple of weeks, but once I actually do get back on it, uh, we'll be going back into Spartan Assault and Spartan Strike to get those achievements. Currently working on some of the operation-specific achievements for Spartan Assault, and then also just completing out the special ops objectives. That's what I'm currently running through in Spartan Assault. And then Spartan Strike is just continuing to actually finish the game because I've never actually finished the game before. Uh, for Spartan Assault, though, if anyone uh, needs the multiplayer, like play with five different people for the Operation F, the multiplayer operation, uh, please hit me up. I need at least two more people uh, to play with on that. I believe Chucky J has already 
mentioned at one point that he's interested in in doing that, but still need a couple more people to do that and happy to help out other people as well to get that achievement. And then after those two, we'll probably be, I'll probably be hopping back into MCC. And you know what that means. Eight of them. Eight freaking Lazo achievements. That's going to suck. <laughs> That's going to suck. Hence the reason I took care of my Lazo achievement in Infinite before they fixed the game. I did the same thing. I did the same thing. I still have a couple of achievements in addition to the Lazo ones that I'll do before then. But for the most part, Lazos are the ones I have left for that game. So yeah. Uh, from the community side of things, in our Discord, we have a couple of, of things that got posted. We had something from Pins that came up earlier this week <laughs> with the caption, this will never happen again. We managed to go in a ranked game, 37 kills, 6 deaths. Like I said, we got a new backpack. <laughs> Pins, <laughs> be careful what you post. And then Bobby had a fun game. Two weeks ago, after game night, uh, he was doing some big team and basically got demolished because more than half of his team left the game. And he tried to backpack the team and it just, backpack was uh, <laughs> too heavy. Yeah. Yeah, the old backpack, it gets, it gets pretty heavy from time to time. Yep. Don't forget the two flag caps. Nice. And... And ended up getting gold six. That's a pretty, that's a decent rank, actually. I don't, I don't know where I would rank. I haven't actually, I didn't even rank first season. Yeah, I still have to go through and rank this season. I, um, I think I got like six games left. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Bobby was. I know. I know Bobby. I know you weren't backpacking. It was funny. <laughs> And then under the community creations side of things, Speg has actually created a little Halo MCC, Halo 5 montage. So if you want to go over and check out what he made and post it over on YouTube, head on over to the community creations section of the Discord. It's nice to hear from Speg. I kind of thought he'd passed away because I haven't seen him in so long. Yeah, he hasn't been on game nights in a while. Yeah. I guess it's probably because we mostly play Halo Infinite and maybe he doesn't like Halo Infinite. I guess. It's his loss. I mean, yeah, we're still cool kids. Doesn't matter what game we're playing. You can still come and play. Halo I mean, I free. even have fun playing Halo 3 as long as I'm playing with other people, at least for a short time. <laughs> it's like, I'll put up with it for a little bit, but then we're going home. <laughs> it all depends on how quickly the uh, shot registration gets on my nerves. Mm. Which is about about right. Yeah. So that's it for the community update side of things. We've got a few th- announcements in the Halo world. First thing is Halo Co-op for Infinite is going to have a Halo Insider flight coming in July. This is going to be ahead of the release later in Season 2, uh, which I think they said what they were planning for August or September for the release. So if you are part of the Halo Insider program, Make sure your info is up to date. If you've had upgrades to your PC or if you've gotten new Xboxes, make sure that your profile is up to date with your latest hardware specs in there. Uh, That will be important to be considered for the 
Halo Insider Flight for co-op, but that is going to be coming in July. I I think they said it was a closed invite. I don't think it's an open, like just open to everybody. Well, it may start small and get bigger. Yeah. So they said, make sure your profile is updated for a chance to participate. So I'm guessing it's going to be a limited scope of people that will participate. I would imagine so. Baby steps. Got to crawl before you can run. You know, I, okay. I've i heard this comment multiple times in the past weeks with the not fast trickle of updates. Yes. I hear a lot of people com- complaining and blaming the fact that you can play it on an original Xbox One as being the problem. Haven't we been over this? Is why why there's so many bugs and stuff in the game. And I'm like, no. And the architecture is the same. It's AMD. If I understand it correctly, the basic operating system is the same for all the consoles. The only thing that's different is just the hardware specs. That's the only difference. So by these people's logic, being able to play on a low-end PC is causing the problem too. I just ignore those people. <laughs> they obviously don't know what they're talking about. Unfortunately, it's people that have an audience. And uh, I just, I don't appreciate that. Because this game, and I, you know, I'll admit it's got problems. It's got problems that should have been fixed a long time ago, even before launch. None of us know what actually happened, what all the challenges were with COVID, with building the new engine, with building the game. All we can do is speculate because 343 is never going to tell us. And I don't blame them for <laughs> not telling us. Not not their job to tell us. You know, it's not, well, it's really not our place to ask either. That's information that nobody really needs. But I have no doubt that the Xbox One is not hampering development for the Xbox or for Halo Infinite. Because. Yeah, I don't think so. Just looking at the specs required for the, the minimum specs required for the game, I think it's well within the ability of an original Xbox One. Now, does it play the greatest on an original Xbox One? No, it plays much better on a Series X. (laughs) Yes, it does. Much better. Trust me. I tested it out. My Scorpio actually runs runs the game pretty well, which granted the Scorpio, it's a high-end Xbox One. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is it, it runs on my Slim. I've got two Xbox One Slims whatever you want to call Mm -hmm. them. Yep. The S's. The S. Yeah, that's it is. No disk drive. You know, just the bare basic. I use them as set talk boxes. Yeah. And, uh, it actually runs pretty good on those. It's yeah. I, I was actually truly, it actually runs better on the S's than it does on the original Xbox one. Of course, my Xbox ones are their original ones. So they yeah, got some age on ones. them. They've got, yeah. I mean, I've got a day one 
and a Halo 5. That tells you how Same. old they are. <laughs> yep. Same. And Same they're here. tired. They've they've got <laughs> they've got a lot a lot of electrons have run through them. So if you hear someone saying that, just call BS on it. Because they don't understand how this game was designed to play, be how adaptable this game was designed to be. Well, they just don't understand code engineering at that point. I don't either. I don't know jack shit about I do. coding. <laughs> I do. The last time, I, let me science major. Let, let me <laughs> let me give you an insight on how much coding I've done. I wrote an calculator well let me rephrase that i typed in a calculator program in an apple II when i was in high school sorry junior high so you can imagine how much coding i know about but that's when we get experts on and we talk about it and all that stuff so but anyway maybe we'll find someone to bring on at some point someday and demystify some of this stuff that people complain about. Actually, that actually might be an interesting podcast. Have other people that worked in the game industry from the dev side of things and talk about what challenges typically are and bring up all the concerns that people have and debunk them or confirm their likeliness. I'm not saying that designing an engine that can run on such a wide variety of hardware isn't challenging. I mean, look <laughs> to, for for an example. Take Fortnite. Yeah, Fortnite runs on phones, and on consoles, and PCs. And it's all the same engine. It runs on varying different pieces of hardware. It's not necessarily as graphically intense as Halo Infinite, but it's all the same gameplay mechanics. It's all the same. Like have most of the same types of interactions. I'm waiting for Halo Infinite for my phone. If you ask Laird, you can do it on your phone. No, actually play it on my no, phone. Native, yeah, native. I, Not I know what you remote meant. into my Xbox. I, I, I know what you meant. <laughs> or my PC. If Laird's lurking out there. That's what Although I have to admit, their cloud gaming works really well for what it is. I mean, it's surprisingly, it works surprisingly well. I just will never play a shooter on it. Oh, I yeah. I'll goof around in campaign. I won't go into matchmaking. Maybe that. Yeah. That's like whenever I'm doing it, I'm usually I'll honestly I'll I'll usually load up Destiny because it doesn't really matter. You know, the input lag doesn't really matter. And actually, after about five ten minutes, I kind of adjust to it, and then it almost goes away. Hmm. You know, especially if I've got a good solid internet connection. That's usually the thing that really screws with it. So when you got an internet yeah. connection dropping in and out, but like I said, if and I'm plugged into ping. Wi-Fi or something like that, it works great. Yeah, need the low ping. That's that's the clutch part. Well, actually, the funny thing is, is this has been several months ago. Actually, it's been over a year. Um, I take my wife to the hospital, and she wasn't. She was having some troubles, and the doctors were trying to figure out what was going on. So there was a lot of just sitting there waiting, and my wife was just, she was sleeping. She just was trying to 
managed how she was feeling. So she was sleeping a lot. So that left me there with nothing to do. So I literally pulled my phone out, hooked my controller up, turned the volume all the way down. So I was playing with no audio, you know, no audio cues, fired up destiny on hospital Wi-Fi. Oh my hospital Wi-Fi. Okay. Okay. And I was playing destiny and I, like I said, after about 10 minutes, I didn't even notice the lag. It got, it got, it got really low. And then, you know, this is, I'm playing it on a freaking six inch screen, five and a half inch screen or whatever it was. But like I said, I I just want to say that I'm really impressed with that technology. I mean, it's great for what it does. It's just be, I, I would be selective personally. Just for my play style. I I don't even play Halo on my... I don't even play matchmaking on any of my TVs anymore. If I'm going to play matchmaking, I come upstairs and I fire up my monitor. You know, it just... I can't play matchmaking on a regular TV anymore. It just... The input lag just drives me bananas. Yeah. Of course, my, you know, my main TV downstairs is a 56 inch rear projection TV. So they're not known to be, you know, ultra low lag, but I mean, even my Vizio, you know, LCD TV that I've got, I still notice it on that. Yikes. And that's what I used to game on when I first got my Xbox one. Okay. So I, I am so spoiled now. <laughs> <laughs> playing on actual monitors and i am yeah. so spoiled yep monitor like once you go monitors and like especially for computers once you go like dual monitors you never go back or you you only go back if you have to one two three <laughs> one two three four five four five <laughs> desktop Desktop Xbox, streaming PC, streaming PC, work laptop. Yeah, work laptop. It it doesn't count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. I don't have more room to put on monitors on my desk, so I'm kind of limited with uh with what I've got. Well, I'm going up. So what does that tell you? <laughs> yeah, I I can't put much. I don't know how much more weight I can actually put on the standing desk before it won't go up anymore. <laughs> Anyways, we've taken a massive tangent. Ah, uh, well, we had on. to do something. Back on. Yeah, gotta fill the time a little bit. Uh, we've got a couple other playlist updates as well. We've got Recon Slayer and Halo 3 Team Doubles coming into MCC. There are those that are on the MCC grind. Some new, fresh playlists for you. There's a new cannon fodder that was released last week. Uh, this involves the Halo Encyclopedia that was just released. Uh, lots of cool art pieces uh, from the Encyclopedia that uh, they talk about a little bit in here. There's some Q&A as well. Uh, so if you want to go check that out, it's over on Halo Waypoint. The first couple of... Uh, art pieces. It was kind of interesting to see those in comparison to other in-game things, like the Abaddon as kind of a precursor to the Guardians, and then Kalmia, like being a precursor to Cortana, sealing the Helioskrill, 
Beast from St. Helios. I need to actually look through <laughs> the encyclopedia now. But they just t- touch on a few pieces of artwork that are from the encyclopedia. And then I like how at the end of the section, they talk about Doizak. And he put a, this was Doizak, and here it is now. And it's just a black picture. <laughs> like, at least put some stars in there, though. <laughs> so, you can head on over to Halo Waypoint to check that out, if you're interested. There's one other thing from their Twitter that I was going to touch on. Oh, yes, there it is. So, for Game Pass Ultimate subscribers, there is a new perk from your Game Pass subscription. If you head on over to the perks on Xbox console or PC under your Xbox Game Pass app, you can grab the uh, Past Tense Razorback coating, which is the all-green coating for the Razorback. And then you also get a challenge swap and an XP boost with it as well. Woo-hoo. So for all of this Game Pass Ultimate subscribers, Yay! Yay for perks. And that's all the news. That's literally it. Still doesn't make sense for me, so... What doesn't that make sense? Game Pass. What about it doesn't make sense? The cost. Oh, $15 a month? Yeah. The annual cost of what Game Pass would be is gross, grossly more than I actually spend on games. That I barely play now. Sure, sure. No, I mean, that makes sense. I am not knocking Game Pass. Game Pass is great, and I won't have a problem with it as long as they still allow me to buy the games that I want. I don't care if it's digital and they get rid of physical copies, which I know people will go to war over. They want their physical copies. That's fine. You do you. I'll do me. Physical copies are only license keys these days. That's really all they are. Well, with a lot of these games that are coming out, which require an online connection to even play. Yeah. But I think was it uh, general heed actually tested whether you could play halo infinite without an internet, internet connection. Mm-hmm. And most of the game is actually on the disc. Pre-day one patch. Except for that last 5% of the game, you need to actually launch it. Oh, jeez. Or something. I don't know. Uh, He's got a video. I'd I'd recommend you go check him out. Uh, I I believe it was General Heed. Sounds like one of his videos. But yeah, it's... uh, I mean, really, there's no point with Infinite because, you know, it's designed to be connected i mean the campaign would make sense to do offline yeah and customs customs by yourself no lan what nothing lan lan's supposed to work for the only real problem i've had with the way they've done halo infinite is every once in a while it forgets i own it yeah and i have to actually restart my console you know, have it actually power yep. down and come back up, and then all of a sudden I own it again. Yeah. I would like that, I would like fixed. I would like. You know, to the see. ownership key needs to be installed on my Xbox, not stored on a Microsoft server. 
Maybe it's just the way they. I've actually, since you know, I started having trouble with the quick resume. I've started just closing the game out. You know, just killing the game. No quick resume. And then you know, I'll power off my Xbox, and then when I come back the next time, I relaunch the game. It goes through the entire launch sequence, and then it'll say, "You don't have this. You don't have campaign. Buy here." I'm like, I already own it. Yeah, check the licenses. So I would like. It's annoying. <laughs> I would like the license to be stored with the game on the hard drive. It's not like I'm that tight on space. This doesn't make sense that it's not like there. Yeah. Like well, it's game. the whole Xbox calling home thing that everybody was outraged about when they launched the Xbox One that nobody even mentions anymore. It's amazing what things happen and what they've, you know, of all the things that they announced with the Xbox One, like, the always having to be connected, which they haven't completely reversed that yet, but they're getting closer. They're sneaking a lot of that stuff back in and nobody's noticing. <laughs> I mean, that's the way you, you really should do it is not just do like one big dump of changes. It should just be from a business perspective. You do small changes over time. Yeah. And they, I think that's what the community taught them. When they launched the Xbox One. Yeah. See, you know, they told us all this and then we got, you know, well, not all of us. I didn't really care, but yeah, everybody got their pitchforks out. <laughs> yeah. No, I will. I will agree with the whole thing. That podcast. Wow. The whole, uh, you know, I will. I do agree with the whole connect debacle. You shouldn't have to buy a connect to get the xbox it's been xbox then xbox with connect or xbox and then buy the connect separate should have been a separate peripheral from the start yeah like they did with the 360 that was perfectly mm-hmm. okay yep. anywho rant number two or three gosh next year the xbox one will be 10 years old amazing yeah huh? yeah november 22nd 2013 mm-hmm well, if all goes according to plan, the next thing you'll hear is our interview with the creator behind Halo Sunrise. All right, everybody, welcome to the interview portion of this podcast. Uh, I am happy to have on Cody from the Halo 3 Sunrise Mod Project. Welcome to Podtacular, Cody. Happy to be here. It's uh, great to have you on. We've been talking about your mod a little bit for the past couple of weeks, and uh, I don't think I've seen something quite like the type of mod that you have created. So happy to talk about it and kind of get the the lowdown on uh, what even prompted you to make the mod, um, what your background has been uh, in modding and uh, the works. But we have a couple of questions that we like to ask all of our guests on the podcast. You mentioned that you listen, so maybe you know what these two questions are. But uh, first of all, how did you get started with Halo in general? What got you interested into the Halo franchise to start with? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so I guess I started, uh, the first Halo I played was actually Halo ODST. Okay. I was quite young. I was born in 99. So um, like my first Ooh. Xbox was an Xbox 360 and uh, my brother bought me 
OST at the time, which uh, I kind of, I watched him playing Halo 3 multiplayer when I was younger, and I was like, oh my god, it looks so fun, like the custom games and stuff. And then he got mm-hmm. the OST, and I was like, what is this campaign thing? Like, I, this is boring. And then I realized the multiplayer disc was included <laughs> and had a great time. Gotcha. Oh, that's great. So ODST was was your first then, or that was just kind of what got you really hooked into it? It was my first. I think the, the Halo 3 Mythic disc was like what got me hooked into it, which is obviously just Halo 3 mm. with all the maps included. But right. it's quite interesting as well, because ODST being the first game I played, I didn't enjoy it at the time. I think now it's my favorite campaign. It's definitely up there. I think for a lot of folks that have played the campaigns like at least most of them, probably would say that ODST is definitely up there as far as story. So that makes sense. To kind of expand upon that question a little bit, given that you're interested in Halo 3 Mythic map pack and ODST story, what would be your kind of go-to multiplayer for Halo? Would it be Halo 3? Or would it be another multiplayer? Uh, that's also kind of tough. I think it's got to be Halo 3, because uh, it's kind of robust. Like, I, I often go back to Reach. Um, I've also played a bit of Infinite, um, mm-hmm. and I enjoy kind of aspects of both of those. I think that Halo 3, I would kind of go on, and no matter what I'm playing, I'm having fun. Right. Nice. Okay. So, I mean, it makes sense, because what we're here to talk about is your whole Halo 3 360 matchmaking mod project. So it kind of lines up that Halo 3 is probably on up in the top as far as your multiplayer favorites. Yeah. So, all right. Well, the second question and kind of the reason why you're here is what you do in the Halo community. And I'm, there's probably things you do other than the Halo 3 mod stuff. So I guess to alter the question, is there anything other than the the matchmaking mod that you're here to talk about that you particularly delve into or are interested in on the Halo side of things just as a fan? Totally. So I guess like I got my start modding in um, around 2015 and uh, it was around the time of like uh, Halo Online Eldorito, if you remember that. Yep. So I, that's kind of where I picked up all this stuff and actually ended up joining the Eldorito dev team for a bit. Um, nice. So that was, yeah, that's where I kind of learned a lot of this stuff. Um, and I also have been involved in small parts on various, uh, kind of fan games. Like, uh, I was a tester for Project Contingency. I was a dev on Coral for a bit. Um, I was also kind of briefly involved with Installation Zero One, but it was kind of around, uh, I, I went to uni and like, I didn't really have time to, to join a team on that. So I had to sure. uh, kind of not go down that road, unfortunately. But but yeah, so a few kind of fan games here and there. Um, Halo Online is definitely the biggest, so I've, I've modded that quite a bit. Very nice. Yeah, and we've had s- several folks on, I think, from all those projects that you mentioned. Coral, IO1, and yeah, it's it's interesting. I've I've haven't had a lot of folks on over the last year from those projects, but it's interesting to see how kind of the same group of modders kind of bounce around between different projects and support in different ways. And I'm 
guessing it's almost like everyone has their own kind of certain expertise and kind of like to share their skills and what they've learned and kind of just help everyone else out along the way. Is that kind of the the modding community vibe? Yeah, that's the impression I get. Um, so when I started on Halo Online, I, I focused on the heads of display a lot. Um, it was just the first thing I learned to mod. And then when I went over to Coral, I looked at their kind of UI and their hood, and then I kind of went from there into other areas. So I think, yeah, it's it's it all feels like one big community, really. Uh, obviously, the sub-communities around each game, but it feels like we're all kind of one big family, almost. That's cool. That That is really cool. It's nice to see everyone just get to play along together, especially <laughs> given how some of the uh, Halo community is with mostly just the, the consumer side of it. So to see the modding community really focus on that unity and being able to support one another is, is a nice little silver beacon to the rest of the community. So that's cool. So for those that don't know what Halo 3 Sunrise is, what's your elevator pitch? Oh, uh, okay. So, um, so for those who are unaware, the game service for Halo 3 on the original like Xbox 360 um, was shut down in, I think, late January this year. Um, so basically, well, I'll, I'll kind of explain the impact of that. So what that means is Halo 3's matchmaking, file share, um, and kind of other things related to that. So like uh, your service record, um, that kind of thing, is all just unavailable now. Um, if you try to go into matchmaking, you'll get an error. If you try to open your file share, it just doesn't load. Um, so Sunrise was basically an attempt, or is basically an attempt to restore all of that functionality um, using kind of a rewritten game server. Um, so I guess um, I, I kind of prototyped it earlier this year because I was like, oh, this is probably possible. And I released like a test build with some friends, like 10 people. Mm-hmm. And we were on modded consoles and we were like, okay, great. Like if you have a modded console, you can have this stuff back now. But what we realized, uh, kind of to our surprise, is that for the most part, people who didn't have the mod could just join us and play matchmaking. Um, so when we realized that, we kind of like focused in on that. I, I, I solved a lot of the problems that were kind of bugs around that. And now it's kind of this experience where if you don't have a mod console, you can join someone who does and play matchmaking again. So that's pretty neat. That's really cool. The idea that it's you only have to really rely on one person that is willing to kind of take that risk and know what they're doing as far as swapping out files on their Xbox hard drive. That makes the barrier to entry so much lower. And for those that are still wanting to play on the 360 version just make that availability that much easier. So that's really cool. Yeah, totally. As far as the the idea behind the mod, did you get... You mentioned you kind of just started messing around with the things and you got a little bit of a... I guess maybe a start with the support that you gave to the El Dorito team. Was there any people out there that kind of helped encourage you to, to look at it? Uh, initially or did was it just something that you were just kind of curious and based on past work that you've done thought that you could kind of take a whack at it and see what what stuck to the wall i think that um so 
summarize is kind of like a problem I wanted to solve for Halo Online back in the day. Back in the day, I always wondered how matchmaking worked. Hmm. It was this problem that kind of, uh, it was like a puzzle that had beaten me for a while, but it was in the back of my mind for a while. Uh, what happened was um, GameCheat13, who some of you may be aware of if you're listening to this, very big yep. Halo modder, yep. kind of went through the effort and, and the work of backing up a lot of the files from the game servers before they were shut down. So that's like the uh, matchmaking playlist file, uh, map variants, game variants, uh, kind of game sets for different hoppers, that kind of thing. Um, so there was this like this public repository of all this data to use but no one was really using it and no one really knew how to read it either so yeah i was just like i saw the potential of like okay here's all this data that the game needs um if i can just figure out how to give it to the game <laughs> then in theory things will start working um but yeah big shout out to game cheat on that one yeah that's a guest that we hope to have on at some point in the future we haven't had, I think we may have had him on for a round table at one point, but we haven't actually talked to him specifically about the modding support that he's given to the community and he's contributed a lot. So yeah, for sure. Kind of perusing around your, your Twitter and, and whatnot, you actually, it seems like you actually have a little bit of a background in modding for some other games and maybe have a, uh, kind of maybe self-taught. So what's your background in modding in general? Um, so I guess it goes way back to uh, when I was in school, I was playing Gary's Mod, um, and it was like the days of Classic. Like Steam Workshop kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There's this big add-on, I think still a thing called Wiremod, and it had this like chip system where you could basically write Lua scripts and create stuff in game. And I think that was my first experience programming. Um, so it kind of went from there. Since then, um, I think that Halo was kind of the first game I really started modding. Um, I think that, as I mentioned, Halo Online was kind of the beginning for me. After that, I moved on to Minecraft a lot. And then I came back to Halo for kind of Sunrise and I looked into MCC a bit, but I've not really done anything major with MCC yet. Okay, so what, would you say you're more self-taught in the modding space, or was that kind of a a kickoff point for you, and then you went to school for kind of the computer programming side of things? Uh, so I did a I did a, a master's degree, um, and uh, I think that it's it's kind of. It's an interesting question because obviously I've done like a degree in computing, um, but that doesn't necessarily tie into what I'm doing modding. Like there's some carryover, but you're kind of learning different things. Um, so while my general programming skills um, have definitely helped, I think that I've probably learned more on the modding side from the teams around me. So like the all the other devs on, on Halo Online, um, and like working with some other Xbox modders on Sunrise has taught me a lot. Um, yeah, that's great. What's your? I guess well, you might be kind of limited in what you've been exposed to so far. But what's your programming language of choice, or or modding language of choice? Modding, uh, probably C plus plus. Okay. Yeah, it's just it's kind of easy to get kind of 
pointers into stuff. Um, yeah, I think that I see like so. There's some more strongly typed languages like C sharp, um, but I think that for modding, often I'm writing kind of quick, uh, messy prototype code um, that kind of just works, and then it's like, oh, that worked. Now we release it like this, <laughs> um, and C plus plus and, and Python and languages I see is kind of in the area. Yeah, based on my uh, limited experience with modding, that seems to be kind of the the two arenas to go. Um, C++, you get that without to get too techy for <laughs> for the audience. You you get a little bit more access to the low-level line of, of code and commands, but it's not completely like stringent, so you get a few extra features with C++. So. And then Python is just a whole other ballgame. Yeah, yeah. Python, I, I use it more for kind of uh, research, so like um, figuring out how the data structured or in, in Sunrise's case, I use it for the web server. So there's a, there's a Python web server hmm. sending stuff to the game just because Python nice. is quick to write in the basic stuff. Yeah. Me and Python do not have a very good relationship. <laughs> I can do Java. I can do C plus plus. I can do C sharp. I cannot do Python for some reason. I, I, I hear often that Python is the first language a lot of developers pick up. I think it's taught in schools. So when I went through university and, and all that stuff, it like the programming languages that were taught were C++ and I got on the verge of them starting to teach with Java. So Python really wasn't a, a major language when I first started. It definitely gained more traction as I went through my years in university, but it was definitely not the initial programming language being taught when I first entered university. I think just some of the concepts with for Python just don't quite match with my way of thinking about code. So it just, I like a little bit more of that structured, um, like I can do PHP, I can do JavaScript, I can do HTML, I can do C sharp, but Python is just like the, the formatting via indentation and not semicolons. And then some of the other ways that it does things just drives my, my mind bonkers <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> but to each their own. I mean, I know, I know Python. Like my roommate in college, he he was a Python script kitty. Like he could do crazy things with Python on his Linux computer, and it was it was amazing to see him he see him work. But I I just never got that. I never picked up Python. But there's there's plenty of other things I've dabbled into, and I've once I have the time, I have some ideas of projects I would like to write, but <laughs> just finding the time. Anyways, back to, uh, to you and what we're going to talk about <laughs> for the Halo three sunrise stuff, kind of giving a little bit of history. looks like the first thing that came out from what I could find on the Halo three sunrise Twitter account is basically starting out with matchmaking. You recently got, I think file shares and, and ranks working. To some degree, uh, so ranks are working. Um, file share. It's so you can upload a file. Um, you can't like see the files you've uploaded yet, um, and and other people can't either. So where that's at currently, I kind of know how it works. It just needs time to like 
I need to put in the time to finish it, basically. Um, so I'm getting all the data I need to actually use it. Um, I think that with this talk I've got coming up next Thursday, I've been a bit busy and preoccupied. So I've been taking a bit of a break from Sunrise recently. But yeah, those should come pretty quick. Makes sense. As for ranks, that's quite an interesting one because... So Halo 3 is largely peer-to-peer, which is why uh, retail kind of unmodded consoles are able to join. Yep. For the most part, they're still kind of doing what they're supposed to do. And there's also a lot of elements that are just kind of directly communicating with Xbox Live, which is obviously still up. And ranks are one of those things. So um, as it happens, like, Xbox Live's true scale API is what Halo is using. And if you can get it into kind of matchmaking, it'll just pick that up where it left off. So that's why uh, like players ranks is still there. It's all stored with Xbox Live. That data is still around, fortunately. It's great. Cause, Interesting. Yeah, people people kind of logged on and joined the lobby and were like, oh, my rank's back. That's so cool. <laughs> so, yeah, it's very, it's, very fortunate. It's- yeah, and like those kind of things you wouldn't really know until you start digging. And it's like, oh, this is actually tied to Xbox Live and not a Halo server record that's on some Halo server that's now been disabled. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there are small elements of it on like the Halo servers, but for the for the most part, it is Xbox Live on that end, which is yeah, very fortunate. And I'm I'm guessing I'm taking some educated guesses here, but I'm guessing what the mod's basically doing is taking some of those hard-coded URLs or server addresses and you're basically kind of repointing them or, or retooling them to point to s- stuff that you're hosting on some kind of web server, right? Um, Kind of. It's a bit more involved. So the addresses aren't hard-coded. They're retrieved from Xbox Live. Um, like the game, to my understanding, the game does a call to Xbox Live to say, okay, where is the game server for this? And then Xbox Live would respond with the IP address or the IP addresses. Um, and obviously there aren't any anymore. So what I've essentially done is uh, the Xbox uses a library called Winsock, which is like a um, Microsoft networking library. And I think to my understanding, that's like open source. You can use it on Windows. Um, it, yeah, it's it's an old, well, the, the library they're probably using isn't old, but I mean, Windsock has been around since like the Windows, at least Windows XP, if not Windows ninety eight days. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's bit, yeah, it's quite an old one. But uh, yeah, so the Xbox is using that to make all the kind of um, calls to the API. So I kind of figured, well, if I hook those functions, I can just kind of shove whatever I need in there. So that's where I kind of replace the IP address. So it's not like I'm patching the game; it's more I'm patching the code around the game. And I had some help from uh, the devs at kind of Xbox community. Um, they helped me out with that because uh, Sunrise was my first Xbox modding project. So that end was quite new to me. Uh, I know the game quite well, but I didn't understand kind of the Xbox side. So yeah, uh, props to those guys, Xbox community. Nice. And is that just a developer community that is that kind of does this modding type of stuff normally? Or is that a... Yeah. Yeah. Nice. If you are connecting to Xbox Live on a modded console, it's standard practice to use what's called a stealth server to basically hide the fact that you're modded from Xbox Live so you don't get banned. Hmm. Okay. 
well, it's cool that you're able to get help from folks and even make this available to people that still have Halo on 360. Yeah. So you mentioned a little bit of having kind of a, a mod team. So who do you have involved with supporting your development of the mod? Do you have like a, a small team of just a handful of folks in there? Or are you basically kind of getting people in that can contribute to providing updates and new features to the, to the mod that you're working on? I think at this point, I'm pretty much on my own, to be fair. Um, so the X community guys kind of helped me figure out the beginnings of the project. Uh, the uh, Obviously, the files from GameCheat kind of started the whole project as well. Um, right. I've also had some help from the uh, original Halo 3 Discord. Um, there's a group in there that did a lot of great work, actually, uh, backing up as much ma- matchmaking data as they possibly could. And that's been, like, really kind of fascinating because, um, yeah, so actually I should really go into that. So, Yeah, sure, go for it. Halo 3 evolved a lot, like, over the years. So if you look at the playlists from the launch year, I think 2007 was launch year, mm-hmm. they are quite different. Uh, there were kind of game modes like Ranked Tactical, which was a playlist where you play Elimination, which when I played Halo 3, I've never really played Elimination, but it's a Slayer variant where you have like five lives or something. But but my point is like the playlist, there, there's been a lot of playlists over the years. There's obviously been event playlists. Um, there's also just been changes in the regular playlists. Like there used to be a Ranked Big Team playlist that got removed at some point. So what the original Halo 3 Discord group uh, started doing was backing up as much data on those as they possibly could before the server shut down. So a lot of that came from Bungie.net, because you can kind of see the, the previous matches on Bungie.net. So they would mm-hmm. go through those and figure out which kind of variants and maps are in them and how often. So yeah, a lot of that data has been really useful to me, because not all of the playlists were fully backed up. So, so I've kind of had to start recreating some of those older ones. Um, but that's been really interesting. Like right now I'm working on a playlist called Head to Head, which is if you play MCC, if you play Halo for an MCC, you'll recognize that. Uh, MCC's version of Head to Head isn't actually the original one. Oh. Yeah, so on MCC, Head to Head is like 1v1 on MLG maps. On Halo 3 on the 360, it was also 1v1. But what would happen is after, like, I think 30 seconds, whoever's in the lead would have a waypoint above them. Uh, and also the map rotation mm. was different. Like, they had custom map layouts specifically for this playlist. So it's like the little things, but it's just like, you know, it's, it's nice to have, like, those things as they originally were. Yeah, like restoring original functionality or launch functionality that's been kind of lost to the ales of history. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and like, it's been really fun to learn about as well. Um, but I mentioned I bet I, I kind of got on board with Halo 3 once ODST was out. So it's been out for like two or three years at that point, I think. Um, so I missed like some of those early playlists. They were just completely new to me when I found them this year. So it's mm-hmm. been fascinating to learn about. But also like the fact that people were only able to experience those game types in 2007 can now do it again. That's that's really cool to me. It is really cool. So have you been 
able to go. Th- I guess you're kind of getting support to create those. Uh, I guess that's. I guess in one point or one form, they'd be a custom game file that you would normally pull off an Xbox and then mod those to support those extra features that aren't in like the custom game uh, options menu type thing. Yeah, what's what's actually really interesting as well is um so the the game the the playlists they have like a few files so there's one big file which is a list of all of the playlists with some basic settings like how many players are in it um is it ranked is it social that kind of thing mm-hmm. and then there's a folder for each playlist which is like it has a game set file and the game set file is uh okay it's like a list of maps and variants and how often they occur pretty much so like the the ratio kind of thing um, and also how many players gotcha. are required for each variant so like it might be that you only have like standoff in a big lobby or something but then the actual like map and game variants themselves are not dissimilar to kind of the typical custom game and map variants people are used to the only difference mm-hmm. is they are basically compressed oh Instead, they're not they're not byte aligned, they're bit aligned. Um, so they basically fit the numbers into smaller spaces. And so I had to figure out kind of like how to do that. And it's still like I've got I've got a, I've got a tool to convert game types now. Uh, map variants. I'm still working out. It's map variants. I've mostly gotten down, but they need a lot of testing. Um, but obviously, like over the years, people have figured out how to mod map variants already. So I just kind of have to look at the structure they've already defined and figure out, okay, how has it been compressed, which is quite quite nice. It's not starting with, with kind of nothing. That's good. One of the interesting things I noticed as well is um, the Halo 3 editing kit, which was released with the MCC, it's got like this mm-hmm. kind of test build of Halo 3 in it. And there's a bunch of commands in there that people didn't realize that are meant for the matchmaking stuff. So like, I realized that... Oh! Yeah, so I, I realized there was a command that I could use to uh, I could like make a, a game variant in in that test build and run a command that would just spit it out to one of those compressed files, which was what? useful. Yeah, what same with map variants too, but I've not tested it. But but yeah, it's it's kind wow. of like really neat that that's there and it works. <laughs> it's like that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So they wow, they really gave out a lot more than they probably realized they did with that. Editing kit, then that's cool. That's really cool. It's really neat because, like, we've got given this build with like a, a long list of commands that we don't really know what we can do. So, now the fact that we know what some more of those do is quite interesting to me and how the original developers would use them. Um, I love that kind of thing. Wow, I didn't realize that the editing kit really. I mean, I know there was some crossover with 360 and the MCC version, but. Yeah, it almost sounds like it's just they probably took the kit that they used for Halo 3 and maybe just made some tweaks for the MCC version of it. But wow, that's cool that you can just use that, that tool to help improve Halo 3. And I'm guessing there's probably a lot more that you could do with it, like all these new Halo 3 maps that I'm seeing uh, pop up on Nexus mods lately. Like those could probably be ported into Halo 3 on Xbox 360, I guess, if people really wanted to. Yeah, I thought that'd be really interesting to see. Um, I think the the test build of that tool is quite interesting because, like, to my understanding, it's just kind of like a PC build of the original Halo Three. Uh, 
So like the stuff that's broken is just like Xbox stuff that isn't available on PC from my understanding. I've not had too much of a look at it, but like I've used it for like uh, figuring out some of the styles of it, like those commands. So yeah, I just think that t- that tool in general and like the whole editing kit release has been really quite interesting and I'm glad that they decided to put that out there. It's been like really cool to see the amount of stuff that people have made in such a small time. Like some of the maps that have come out have just been beautiful. Yeah, give people time. I'm sure we're going to see like whole like thinking about just everything that we've seen come out for Halo CE uh, custom edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all the campaigns and maps and custom weapons and stuff. I I mean, the sky's the limit with like future iterations. So to see what people will come up with Halo Three, like I'm sure people could write their own full campaigns. Bring in, I'm sure people have already brought in weapons from Halo Infinite or tried to recreate those and in MCC in some form or fashion. Yeah, I think I remember back when I was on on like the Eldorito project, uh, there was kind of this desire to see uh, custom campaigns being built. And now like we have the official tools to do that. It's yeah, I've seen like uh, some of the missions that come out already. Like I think there was one called like Saving Sergeant Johnson, which is kind of small, Mm. but it it was, it looked really fun. I kind of want to play myself, Um, but yeah. It's great. Yeah, that's that sounds really cool. So getting back to the mod specifically itself, you've got matchmaking. You're, it sounds like you're kind of in the works for starting to look at the file share stuff. Is there any other features that are uh, upcoming or that are missing that you're planning to work on after the talk that you're giving coming up soon? Like what's what's next on the roadmap for Halo Three Sunrise? Uh, that's a question. Um, if you have anything that currently planned, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. So the the obvious one people ask me for a lot is the like the the whole like matchmaking population counter, mm-hmm. um, and like the little map with the dots where people are online. Um, yeah, I, I do plan on restoring that at some point. There's also uh. A lot of people have asked me to do Reach next, um, which I have started looking into. Um, so that that was going to be one of my other questions, was whether you were planning to support Reach in Halo 4. Yeah, so it's it's kind of a similar situation already. Game Cheat backed up the files for those as well. Um, so that gives me kind of the uh, kind of basis. Like those files are, um, at least for Halo 3, they were, a few of them were missing and like one of them was corrupt, but I can work with it, right? Um mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I did I have been kind of in the early kind of experimenting reach. I've not had much success yet, but I feel like there's probably like one bug I need to solve to get kind of the connection working. Nice. Yeah, it's it's uh I mean once once I, I'm hoping that the data is kind of similar enough i mean it is from what i've seen so far that a lot of it will carry over um but we will see for halo 4 i honestly haven't looked at it at all um yeah i I need to look at it the same more gotcha well i mean halo 3 and halo reach are kind of the two i think biggest as far as seeing a lot of the custom games and the custom maps like those are kind of the two i think biggest proponents of that experience so i think at least hitting those two you probably get 
most of the community back Halo 4 definitely has its things I don't think it's quite as popular as Halo 3 or Halo Reach is but that's exciting that a lot of the stuff it sounds like from what you've seen between Reach and 3 is similar enough to where you can probably apply the same types of things that you've done you just have to figure out what the differences are between each specific title yeah yeah and as well like it's doing all this has really helped me appreciate these games right because like i've bungie uh have actually published quite a few technical documentations over the years um they Mm -hmm. did a presentation on matchmaking way back um but like seeing the, the work they put into these uh, systems and really they are kind of ahead of their time. Like if you looked at Bungie.net back in the day, like there was nothing else like it. It was really quite, quite um, innovative. Um, but the same is true for Reach. Like it has a lot going on that um, back in the day I kind of took for granted, but now I'm looking at it again. I'm like, well, that's actually like impressive even, even by today's standards, really. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's Did- great. Did you get a chance to listen to the Halo 2 retrospective podcast that Bravo did with uh, Max Oberman? I haven't. That'd be really interesting, so, actually. They actually talk a lot about the... like. I think in tandem with the podcast, Bravo did release some of the technical documents that they were, he was given permission to share. But yeah, it kind of goes into the whole history of and, and kind of the ups and downs of coming up with the matchmaking system, coming up with the party system, how skill share was initially written out to work. Um, I'm, it'd probably be something that would be, I think, for you, an interesting listen, just with how much history there is and how the kind of underlying facets of what was matchmaking for Xbox Live and the whole party system really came to be. Yeah, absolutely. So, would definitely recommend checking it out if if you've got some time to to listen to. It. I think it's a worthwhile listen yeah for sure um i have to stick that on in the background while i'm doing some chores or something yeah it's only four episodes about an hour each so it's it's not a lot either yeah i i actually i've had some i've I've kind of had some requests to do a similar thing for halo 2 on i think the original xbox because i think it's in a similar state but i've not really looked into it so much so i didn't know because halo 2's matchmaking at I was kind of hesitating whether or not to ask you if Halo 2 would be an interest of you to try to restore that matchmaking because of it being original Xbox code. Yeah. And you, you can't, like, you're running the the game from the disc with patches installed on the console. So it'd be like, how do you write a patch to to fix some, like, I'm assuming, I would guess, and this is just the an uneducated guess from... I know how to code, but I don't know the, the architecture that you probably know of, of how Halo works. But to go in and change that original Xbox code and the patches is probably going to be a significantly different process than what you have access to on the 360. Um, but I may be wrong. Honestly, I know like next to nothing about the original Xbox. Like I said, like the first Halo I played was... Halo 3, I never really played on an original Xbox. But what I can say is, um, I, 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 from what I've heard, there's been kind of similar things, similar projects on the on Halo 2. I think they're using split screen a lot, but um, from what I've heard, Halo 2's matchmaking was kind of insecure. And so it was actually kind of hacked a bit back in the day, I think. 
Oh. Yeah, so that leaves me thinking, okay, well, if people could do that back then, maybe I can do it now, but in a good way. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah, m- maybe the way that it kind of communicates with the game server, like maybe it's using a domain name or something and I can spoof the DNS or something. There's probably some way in, right? But also the, the Xbox 360 is a power PC console, so um, that's, like, its architecture is not uh, exactly the same as a PC's, right? So I imagine that right. the original Xbox is probably similar. Yeah, I don't know what the original Xbox architecture is, but that would be an interesting interesting thing to find out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm sure there would be quite a few people that would be very happy to see Halo 2 matchmaking return as well. and Especially like for, like you have those retro LAN parties. Like being able to support that kind of stuff would be really cool. Yeah, and it, it kind of comes back to what I said earlier. Like this, this community feels like one big family. So I'm sure that there are people who are probably actively looking into this. And if I can help out in any way, I'm I'm down to do that. Yeah. Now, are there any features that were not a part of the original matchmaking experience that people have thought of? Oh, this be a cool thing if you could implement this. Like, I don't know. For example, like introducing a tournament style thing where you you detect some a specific person searching for matchmaking and know that you need to match this up with this other person searching for matchmaking type of thing. Like, has there been any of those requests, or are you pretty much just sticking to the original services that were offered for matchmaking? Uh, so I guess the obvious one would be I've had a lot of requests for custom playlists, um, and I've mm. actually tried out a few so far. So um, because we don't really have many players currently. Um, we don't see much use in a ranked playlist because you can't queue in like one party for those, which means that you need more modded consoles, basically. Um, like, for example, Lone Wolves, if you queue in for that, you can only queue individually. So you'd have to have everyone has a modded console to play that. Um, so what I've been doing is introducing more social playlists. So like the social slot um, and social doubles. Um, but I've also, I've got this uh, experimental playlist category. So the categories are all kind of configurable from the game server as well. So like the double XP playlist category is one of those. The ranked and social are built in, but you can add more or change them. So I've added a experimental category and yeah, there's been a few uh, playlists in there. The tactical, men- the tactical playlist I mentioned earlier, which was like elimination, I brought that back because um, I wanted to try it. Right, uh, so I had to yeah. Um, I yeah, I brought it back as accurately as I could, and that was interesting because like it doesn't play like anything else. Um, but there's been also a custom playlist uh, we kind of made as a joke. Um, so there is a game type in action set called Scuds. Um, I don't think any one of us really knows what that actually means. <laughs> it's some kind of reference to like a rocket or something. But Scuds is, huh. it's like, it's like low gravity. You have rocket launchers. I think you have lasers. It's just kind of one of those fun game types. But as a joke, we, we brought like a, a ranked Scuds playlist into the mix and like we made it really competitive. <laughs> Great fun. Um, we had like a Scuds deep going. But, uh, but yeah, so like obviously custom playlists are quite quite easy to do. Other than that, um, I've not really 
had much requests for kind of new stuff. I think there's some possibility to kind of do interesting things. Um, so uh, the like the configuration for the playlist has some things that you wouldn't really have thought about. So for example, uh, I can just disable vetoing on a per playlist basis. I can kind of change the way the voice chat works so that in big team you hear everyone instead of it being like per team. Um, there's probably a lot of stuff in there that I haven't played around with yet, to be honest. Um, and there's also this big file called a network configuration, which has, I think last time I checked, like two or 3,000 variables in it that I haven't Whoa. really, yeah, I haven't really started to figure out what they all do. Um, I like, we, that's one of the files we got from GameSheets backup, and I just don't really know how it's structured yet. But what I do know is, like, from like what I've looked at so far, there's some stuff in there for kind of controlling um, uh, how long the veto timer lasts, how long the uh, kind of certain matchmaking timers last. There's some stuff in there for like different types of uh, projectiles and things, I think. Like, there's a lot in there. There's, there's stuff around progression. I haven't scratched the surface of it. So there could be some really interesting stuff in there that I've not started to really dig for it. There's a lot to go through. Yeah, I bet. H- has the um, Halo 3 editing kit helped with that at all? Like being able to go in and decode some of that stuff? or? Um, so it, it has a command to, to spit out one of these files. Um, what I've noticed is that what it generates is quite different to Halo 3's original version like it's so the Mm. file has a version number it's a different version number and also it's significantly smaller so yeah i don't really know what to do with that information it seems that it's just like it has less data in it for some reason maybe because mcc is doing like the matchmaking instead maybe they just removed some stuff but yeah um it's not really helping out very much to be honest could just be compounded and just has a whole bunch of data from numerous updates over the years Totally, yeah, yeah. Um, Just gets bloated over time like your PC normally does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, that network file, that sounds like it's a lot of, I guess, kind of customizing some of the, how the matchmaking experience actually works and, and everything. So, yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I think I mentioned that, like, from GameTube's backup, I was missing some files and one file was corrupt and that was the file. Um, oh no it's okay it wasn't like majorly corrupt it was probably just like one bit that was off um but it was enough that Mm. the game was like this file isn't what i expect so i had to kind of fix that but um yeah so like when i originally got this thing working that was the one file that wasn't loading and the minute i did like so much stuff started behaving like without that file stats weren't really working right so like yeah it's gonna be really interesting to figure out what exactly is in there (laughs) That'll be a, yeah. Go for it. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was getting excited. Go ahead. One of the other things I I found in there is uh, there was a limit for like I think the amount of people that can play split screen. There's like a, a number in there that controls that. So, oh, interesting. Yeah, if I bump that to like eight, maybe we could do eight players split screen. I have no idea. I've not tried it. Um, but yeah, might break the game, but it'd be interesting to try. <laughs> For sure, for sure. Well, Xbox, you can only you can only have four controllers connected at once, so it might be just limited by that. Maybe, yeah. But that'd be in. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's probably some arranged validation or something. But that'd be like, yeah, dissecting that and seeing everything that it influences, that, that'd be a, a lot of power behind actually really con- customizing the matchmaking experience. Yeah. I mean, seeing that it has like these global variables that have so much power and control, like, yeah. There's, there's a lot more in there, and like God knows what, what's left to be discovered in that file. <laughs> I, I'm curious to hear what you find whenever you get that thing finally cracked and decoded. Yeah. That will be cool. As far as, like, the, I guess the matchmaking side of things, there's probably a server that you're hosting all this configuration data that gets pulled from. Is that something that you just host on your own? You have, a, like, a pool of servers that do that? Like, how does that work? Uh, so it's actually really light. It's, like, the cheapest VPS you can get on OVH at the minute. Um, mm. Fortunately, the, the the game doesn't really require, request the files that much. It will just kind of grab them once and then cache them. Uh, so okay. there's a whole lot of traffic to it. and um, And it is basically at this point just a glorified web server. Uh, file server, sorry. So like you're just grabbing the files and that's it. When I when I kind of release file share, I'm thinking about upgrading because that's a bit more involved, obviously, and it's not as simple as spitting out the file. You have to kind of give some extra data and like take files and that kind of thing. Need some storage, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Storage bandwidth. Yeah, but it's it, it's actually holding up really well. Um, it's like. I'm sad to say that we've had some attempts to kind of DDoS the server so far. Oh no! Yeah, it's it, that seems to kind of come with any kind of project like this I've seen, unfortunately. But it's held up. It's going strong, so it's good to see. Awesome! That'd be cool. Yeah, I'd definitely be curious to see whenever like the file share stuff gets working, like <laughs> having to plan storage wise for that. Do you plan on having people be able to like support like server costs at some point? Like if it gets to a certain point where it's like, hey, I can't really host this on my own because of how much bandwidth or storage is being used from file share. Um I think that's an interesting question. I think uh the files are quite small, so I'm not honestly too worried about it. And I do have control over the kind of the amount of slots and the quota you get, just like Bungie used to do back in the day. Oh, so you could do more than 25? Uh, possibly. There is some hard-coded limit, but I forget how high it is. Um, mm. It, mm. it might be more than 25, I can't remember. Um, yeah, it gets to a point where if you increase any further, the game crashes. So. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so I won't go too high, but um, if it's too much, I can kind of reduce that quota. Um, I think it used to be you get like six slots for free or something. Um, I probably want to do more than that, but you know. Uh, but yeah, the files are small, so I don't have it being much of a problem. Okay. There's also like, there's some really neat. So, so file share is like really neat for what it was, especially that long ago. Um, but like, there's some systems within that, like active transfer, that back in the day, like that just seemed so kind of revolutionary. Like, Ha- like the fact that you can go onto the website, press download, and then the file will just like download next time you start the game. It's like blew my mind. Yeah. I figured out how that worked now. So that's pretty, pretty neat. You did? Really? Yeah. So, so basically, I'll explain it a bit. So, the, when you start the game, it kind of requests some basic user data, and that's like, uh, 
it includes your dungi role. So the role is like um, that that kind of controls the whole bungee nameplate, the flaming helmet, recon, those kind of things. So it's mm. the kind of things that the bungee.net would say, okay, the game, like you've unlocked these things, you can use them. Um, which tangent, but I could kind of re-implement the recon armor somehow doing that. <laughs> nice. Interesting, right? Yep. But but yeah, so in one of those files is, I think it's called file transfer queue or something. You just kind of shove in some data and it will just like start trying to download files. So that's neat. <laughs> Haven't uh, fully like mapped out that file yet, I don't think. It's been a while, but um, yeah, it just works. So as, as soon as I figure out kind of how to put data in there and what data to put in, I can get that working as well. Maybe even get a, a basic website going so people can download files. Well, and the fact that it works just that simply is nice too. Yeah, it's really quite elegant. Yeah, so you just need a, a couple of front-end developers to really just give you a nice little front-facing website and you're good to go. Totally, and, and now is probably a good time to mention as well, all of this is open source. So I think that uh, there's, there's been kind of a lot of uh, projects that are less reputable, especially in other game scenes I've noticed. So like there'll be projects where people have kind of stolen source code. Um, mm. I want to make it clear, this project, we're, we're like clean, we haven't done anything bad. So to kind of prove that, I've just put it on GitHub. Like you can see it's all my code. Nice. If you, if you want to contribute, if you would like to uh, kind of work on a front end, that would be a great place to help out because I'm a very busy person <laughs> and I'm <laughs> yeah. the person maintaining this currently. Uh, what's your GitHub profile or project project name? The my profile is Crafty Cody, um, and the project name. Well, I just have a bunch of repos with summaries at the start, so I haven't got like an organization yet. But if we need one, we'll make one. Gotcha. So if anyone's interested, Crafty Cody C R A F T Y C O D I E on GitHub, also on Twitter. <clears throat> that yeah, that'd be cool to to see once you actually get everything up and running with file share, and then I guess there'll be some point once you get Halo Three stable that you'll probably be able to dive into Halo Reach, possibly Halo Two, Halo Four, and because I'm I'm guessing once you get to a certain state with matchmaking, it just kind of runs on its own unless there's like a playlist update that you want to make and they have to re tool those and then export them again to upload to the server type of thing, right? Yeah, so um, I, that's also kind of interesting. Um, so these the files that are on the game server, they're all like compressed, bit aligned. You can't just edit them with a hex editor. Right. I've um, created this tool set to convert all those files to JSON files. And for those who don't know, JSON is like a basic kind of text-based text file. So uh, you can just edit it in Notepad or anything, really. Um, so, like, if you're editing a game set, you just kind of put the name of the map variant in there, put the name of the game type in there, and then this tool can convert that back to the files that the game can read. So it's really easy for me to update playlists in that way. Um, it's the the few remaining things I haven't got converted, like map variants, are the kind of the struggle. But uh, for the most part, it's really kind of easy to maintain this thing which is great because it means i can just kind of keep pushing things up while i'm doing other things um 
yeah, so the maintenance is quite low. And also, uh, I think that a lot of the stuff, at least between Halo 3 and Reach transfers, as I've mentioned, they're quite similar. But I think that the file sharing system, for example, is, from what I've seen, basically the same. So hopefully a lot of the code can be reused. That'd be great. Yeah, if like 95% can be reused, then you're <laughs> you're in business with Reach. Yeah. That'll be that'll be a lot of fun. Um you mentioned you've mentioned a couple times that you're hosting a talk next week. Uh you want to touch on that a little bit? Uh yeah, sure. So the talk is titled Radical Video Game Preservation. Um and I'm going to be talking about how I've like my efforts to preserve uh game servers because I think that there's been a lot of work in preserving games so far. So like emulators are a way of preserving games because you can play them on more recent hardware if the old hardware has like been discontinued or whatever. Mm-hmm. But PC games, like old games are like they receive fan updates a lot of the time to patch them for new new hardware and software. So that's great. But the kind of creating custom game servers is more of a new thing. And I guess like it's not that new. Like it's been happening for a while, but creating like full replacements like this is more of a new thing. Um it's it's seeing a bit of a boom lately actually. Um so Really? Yeah. So I th- I think there's been a similar project with Rock Band recently. Oh. Enhanced or something. Uh, honestly I don't I haven't been following it much, but but yeah, there's definitely been work in this area for other games. Uh, GTA, I think, is receiving one as well because the original service of GTA Online on like the 360 have been shut down. So yeah, uh, there's been there's a lot of projects kind of in this area, and I want to talk about that. Um, so before Sunrise, I did a lot of work doing similar kind of stuff for Minecraft. Um, I'm not going to go too much into detail, but basically, the old versions of Minecraft, um, some of them are completely unplayable right now because the game used to do an anti-piracy kind of check or a check that you own the game against Minecraft.net. The server that kind of would, re- would reply, yeah, you own the game, is just gone. So there's no way of playing those <laughs> old versions anymore. So, like, yeah, there's been some... I- I've done a lot of work in kind of fixing that kind of thing to kind of preserve those old versions so you can still play them. So, yeah, I'll be talking about that a lot. Okay. That's cool. As far as the whole, yeah, with, with the how the game industry is today and live services and updates and whatnot, and basically only supporting latest versions, that that that's an effort to go through and keep things working as they were originally intended for early online systems back in the day. Yeah, it's it's a it's a really interesting problem as well because like if you look at where games are going, like Destiny, for example. Um, I think Destiny, a lot of that is online. Um, and with it being like the first one was on 360, I imagine you can get at that quite easily. Uh, but like with a lot of like Xbox One exclusive games, no one's really been able to mod that yet. Um, so I do kind of worry about the future of preserving games. Uh, I think that it's only going to get harder from here. So people are going to have to get a bit more savvy, I think. But but yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting subject to me. That's cool. And you mentioned before the the podcast is just kind of some local, either convention or or meetup of some kind that you're doing this right. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's the local kind of uh, get together of the local um, developers. Um, yeah, where I'm living, um, I've been here for about five years. Uh, I moved in. Well, I moved here as a student, and I've gotten to know some of the local developers. So it's been really great to see them all again. But yeah, it's it's like a it's a regional thing. It's decently sized for what it is, but it's pretty small. <laughs> nice. Do you plan to do anything like after kind of? working on the mod projects for Halo stuff, is there any other goals that you have after kind of doing that thing? Are there any other games or projects that you have interest in kind of preserving in a similar fashion? Uh, Good question. So I, for a while, I was really considering making a multiplayer game um, because I've had like a lot of experience modding games. I've also like, create some prototype games for that run quite well. Um, so yeah, for, for for like a few weeks I was putting together like prototypes for a game and like a uh, game design document and working with some of the people. Uh, what's kind of stopped me so far is anti-cheat. So <laughs> that's a mm. really hard thing to to deal with. Um, but I think I'll probably come back to it. I, I might make something more single player uh, just to kind of avoid that problem. Um, but it's a shame because I think that, I mean, when I look at, um, I mean, so Halo Infinite is, is obviously a controversial game currently. Um, I honestly quite enjoy it. Uh, I played the flights and I loved those. I haven't enjoyed it as much since release, but I like where it's going and I have high hopes for it. Um, but I do think there is like that point of the game didn't launch with Forge or many game modes. and. I think that with a smaller team, you lose a lot of kind of the overhead. And if you uh, basically what I was considering doing was making a game in the style of like 2008, where things are a bit like lower quality, but you can get it out a bit quicker. Um, so it won't be revolutionary, but it might be like have more features. Was kind of my thinking. Uh, but whether that'll happen or not, I don't know. Uh, beyond tech, I I really want to learn to make more music. Um, I've kind of dabbled with it before, so that'll probably be what I do immediately after Halo stuff. Take a bit of a break and then come back to it. I think. Okay. Cool. Is there a place where people can go and find those uh, games that you've worked on, or are those just prototypes that haven't really seen the light of day? Uh, they haven't really seen the light of day. I mean, okay. There's not really much to show. I have gotcha. like. I guess I had like um, this multiplayer shoots with a few weapons and like a bunch of game modes but uh i've not really done much of it in years maybe i should really be documenting this stuff more <laughs> i think it's probably one of my weak points is that i uh I, I make a lot of stuff but i don't often talk about it um which i guess i should also mention um one of the mods i made for halo online which i'd recently come back to was i ported headhunter from halo reach I never properly mm. released that, but like this year I dug it up on like a backup hard drive um, and put together like a test session to play it and recorded some footage and it was really, really good fun. But playing Headhunter on Halo 3 maps was a bit bizarre. <laughs> a lot of fun though. Um, but yeah, I think maybe in the future I want to get better at kind of documenting my projects, but also giving them new life. So I've been considering somehow porting that to MCC, so you could play Headhunter and Halo 3, but who knows? Sure. It's yeah. 
there's a lot of fun ideas, right? There's a lot of things you can do. If anything, it's portfolio content for you. And I know that there's there were several of the IO1 folks that went on to go get game developer jobs because of the the mod work. So, I mean, all this could, could land you a job at some point in the future. Yeah, yeah. Free for free, bunch you for listening. Uh, would love to do that. Yeah, you need a playlist engineer or <laughs> something, something like <laughs> along those lines. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so as far as where people can find the mod and how to uh, install the mod, where can people go to, to get that info? We have a disc, well, the, the kind of home Discord server for the mod is the original Halo 3 Discord. You can find that. It's got a really nice link. It's just Discord GG slash Halo 3. So if you just like open Discord and like open the invite code box and just type Halo 3 into that, it will take you to the server, which is great. There is, I've got a Twitter account for it as well. Um, I honestly can't remember what the at is, but if you just search Sunrise Halo 3, you'll probably find it. It's at Halo 3 Sunrise. I have it up. <laughs> yep. Uh, cool. And then the the mod itself is actually not that hard. If you've got a if you've got a slim where you can pop the hard drive out easily, it's actually easy to just uh, get a SATA to USB adapter and then just get Explorer or something like that and just it's just swapping a couple files, right? It's, I think it's um, that simple. It's a dash launch plugin. So um, there's this... Uh, honestly, I can't really describe dash launch well because I'm, I don't really know how it works, but what I can tell you is dash launch is software that most uh, modded Xboxes kind of use. Um, I think it's for launching custom dashboards, um, but it has some configuration for plugins. Um, so you just kind of add Sunrise as a plugin and dash launch like through the GUI and you're good to go. So yeah, it's just like the one plugin file, you configure it and then it's done from there. Nice. I'm sure there's instructions on the Discord to make it work. Cool. Well, thank you for being on and talking about your history in modding and all the work that you've done with Halo 3 Sunrise. Uh, anything else you want to plug before wrapping this up? <laughs> That's the question. I don't think so, but I'm going to feel bad for saying that now. <laughs> <laughs> anything you want to say to all the people out there that's using the mods or a fan of the mod? Now, now's your now's your your three second podium speech, three second three minute podium speech. I guess one of the things I want to say is is pay it forward. So, um, like I, I over the years, like especially when I was younger, I've used a lot of these open source projects, like emulators, for example. People are writing those. <laughs> like, there's a lot of people just working on this stuff for free, um, and it. It's really nice if, if you have a game that you love, uh, not necessarily Halo, but anything, if you can find a way to contribute and kind of pay that back, please do. I really encourage it, especially um, with like the amount of potential we have. Like There's a lot of games that need a lot of help. Um, so if there's any way you can kind of help out with any of this stuff in kind of preservation, I encourage you to do so. It's really fun, but also it helps a lot of people. 
Very nice. Well, once again, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's been really cool to talk to you and be learned up on what you're doing with Halo 3 matchmaking and interesting to hear that you're working on or that you're interested in working on Reach and possibly Halo 2 and 4. I'm sure that'll excite a lot of people to bring those experiences back. And again, just appreciate all the contributions that you're making to uh, keep these uh, legacies of the Halo franchise alive. Yeah, well, I gotta say, I'm I'm standing on the shoulders of giants, right? Like we have a lot of uh, really enthusiastic creators out there who've who've kind of built up a lot of stuff around me. So, like I mentioned earlier, we're all one big family. Everyone's helping each other. So yeah, um, it's got to appreciate everyone. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you again for uh, coming on. Uh, we expect more great work from you, and we'll be keeping tabs on. And uh, best of luck to your uh, talk next week and all the ongoing developments for the mod. Thank you for listening to Podtacular, the unofficial Halo Universe podcast. You can find our podcast on your favorite podcasting service and listen to us live every Thursday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Twitch. Check out our website, podtacular.com and join the community on Discord at podtacular.com slash Discord. If you want to play Halo with us, come join us for Fragon Fridays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time and Achieving Halo on Mondays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Become a supporter of the show by sharing the show with your friends and family, or help keep the lights on by subscribing to us on Twitch, donating via PayPal, or becoming a patron alongside Confal, Pins Halo, and Prestige Ace. Until next time, keep on fragging trucks.